Beyond, and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 665, the one before the cursed episode. We'll find out what happens, <laughs> uh, given that every episode of the show is cursed by some Sony announcement. Who knows what they'll have in store for that one? Uh, I'm joined this week, though, speaking of curses, unfortunately, some of our cast isn't here, but luckily, I'm joined this week by Brian Altano. Brian, thank you for joining me. Good to see you, Jonathan. We'll have a little fireside chat. I actually really enjoy these episodes, so I have no problem yeah. with it. It was really um, funny as I was saying that because I didn't mean it to be that way at all. But as I was starting to say that phrase, I was like, I don't want you to think I'm saying it's a curse that I'm doing this show just with you. Just right. that our other co-stars of the show can't be here. No, I know, I know what it's like to be uh, picked last on kickball. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my entire childhood, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so as Brian was saying, this will be a, a bit more, I think, like of a casual episode because, uh, you know, this morning as we're recording, uh, Nintendo announced a, a cool Breath of the Wild prequel that is a Hyrule Warriors sequel. It's both a sequel mm-hmm. and a prequel, but it is not the pre-sequel like in Borderlands. Uh, and of course, Xbox also announced, you know, the the price and date of the Series S and actually confirmed that box after a leak. And PlayStation put up a blog post yesterday that said we're going to be highlighting PSVR this week and there won't be PS5 announcements. Now that could change and that could just be related to PSVR, but that was sure a, a, a like a down note to really start the week on when they're like, by the way, no PS5 stuff. It definitely um, made me go into this week thinking, okay, this is going to be a quiet, normal week. And then uh, a bunch of stuff leaked or broke or was, you know, uh, officially announced from the other guys over the weekend. Um, but they also put up like a, a, a haiku of, you know, it was like a, a video of Jin from Ghost of Tsushima, which I love. I love that game. It's awesome. I think yeah. that one of my favorite things about that game is that um, every time somebody plays it for the first time, they flood the timeline with photo mode pictures and you're consistently Absolutely. reminded of just how breathtaking and wonderful that game is um but they put up this thing and it was basically just like you know take some time to relax and it was a video of a haiku and we want to do that i i assure you fans <laughs> want to do that but if you look at the replies like we are at a fever pitch <laughs> excitement for next gen right now and yeah. i think we just want some news so yeah it's been it, but it's definitely been a weird 48 hours it was funny because this morning as like all the Series S news was coming out and we will talk about that, I think, in conjunction with Sony. But it was funny that like on my trending terms on Twitter, Sony was the top one on my list. Like it was not Xbox. It was Sony. And that's because right. like now there is this question in the room of, OK, like, yes, for those who didn't see it, Xbox confirmed the Series S is a real thing. They confirmed the price of it at two ninety nine and the release date, November 10th. They didn't say anything about the Series X, which is weird to me that after all these months, they would r- only reveal the lower price system that they hadn't talked about officially in any capacity, but were leaking via like inserts and controller boxes. Right. But not, th- not the box that they've been advertising to you as a thing to buy. They still haven't told us anything about that. Um, yeah, which is, which is just crazy because it's like we have been in this game of chicken for what, 10 months now. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you think about the the... the Series X was revealed at the Game Awards last year in December, correct? Yes, yeah. And that day, or I would say that, or this this entire generation, we've had a pretty good idea that the PS5 was a thing or was going to be a <laughs> thing. Um, and so we spent this entire year in this, you know, cat and mouse game of chicken nonsense between <laughs> the prices. And over the weekend, somebody leaked the Series S price and release date, forcing Microsoft's hand at, I believe, 3 a.m. Yeah. But 3 a.m. Redmond. That, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Like props to that social team at like 3 a.m. The They just tweeted out like one of those memes like the, oh, uh, yeah, about that. And then they tweeted yeah. out the official information and then they came with it. And like they reacted so much more quickly than I would think a major corporation could act. 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah. on a on a Monday on, on Labor Day and a holiday weekend. You know, yeah. Um, most people were asleep. Uh, Europe was wide awake and ready to rock and roll. So yeah, through that we they officially announced the the price and everything, but we also got the release date, which is crazy to me because that is like a le- a leaker has finally forced the hand of the next gen console conversation to begin for the first yeah. time in now to six you know whatever eight weeks away from when this could <laughs> uh, considerably come out, and so that's November tenth, and so that is. I believe like the first possible I, like next gen date we have that Sony could either cut off as before or come after like, it, yeah, it, it, gets, it, it gets super weird now. 
it's so strange. So like looking at this is uh, just a random like, let me do the math of my calendar. November Mm -hmm. 10th is a Tuesday. We have seen consoles release on Fridays. So like I don't the, the weird thing about Xbox not announcing the release date of the Series X, which is for all intents and purposes, the like the competitor to the PS5, the the two things that we're seeing go head to head. I think Series S is playing to a different market and we can talk about whether or not that'll end up in their favor. But that's releasing on a Tuesday. It would be weird to me if they're like, and the Series X is out Friday on the 13th like that. Right. I would assume they're going to be the same day, but I don't know. And my, my guess then is like, I'm I pretty confidently am going to stick with the idea that Sony goes the week after. Which is that's the... kind of where I'm at the 16th through the 20th. So either okay. the 17th or the 20th would be it. It's still before the shopping rush that occurs, you know, around Thanksgiving in North America. Um, or in the u.s so it's before all that it's before cyber monday it still gets them to like be within that conversation but it also gives them as much time as possible before that right i mean i i don't well a couple things um one i think you're spot on uh two it's weird to see um a console launch on a tuesday like you said um I don't know if historically that's happened before. I remember being really annoyed growing up in New Jersey because we had this thing called the blue law, um, which meant that you couldn't most most stores in our county were closed on Sunday, um, sort of like uh, in an observation of uh, religion, but also because a lot of people just didn't want to deal with New Jersey highway <laughs> traffic. And so like people who weren't even, you know, religious like my dad would vote for this thing constantly. Um, and so I remember being really annoyed when things would launch on a Sunday. I believe uh, it was like the N64 or the Wii or something like that were, were, were like we, weird weekend launches, if I'm not mistaken. Um, two, uh, we used to see things launch on Tuesdays all the time. Um, albums specifically, like the music industry was, was Tuesday forever. Games, I believe, for a while were like that. Or Tuesdays, um, yeah. Yeah, and then everything kind of quietly moved to a Friday. Video games are weird now because they just release constantly. But three, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've ever seen a console manufacturer launch two uh, sort of parallel concurrent models within the same like window but on different dates. You know, like, <laughs> has that happened? Not that I can think of on different dates, yeah, especially at the launch of like the new generation. I think like the PS3, the the different hard drive space ones came out yep. the same day. Like I yep. think that's pretty standard for them to be the same day. And so that's why like all of the, you know, rumor and speculation just guessing is it'll probably also be the 10th. Right. I don't like I I don't know what the benefit would be of staggering the release. Um, yeah. Well, to uh, me, unless I... they accidentally had like five million extra units of the series s and they're like we got to push this thing out first to make people buy it and then put the series x but mm-hmm. that's not how that works so so that leaves the third which it absolutely won't be because that's election day and yeah. i think it would be it would be suicide for playstation to launch a console on election day because <laughs> yeah. there's gonna be enough there's gonna be enough stuff to argue about that day um yeah the 17th which i think feels like you know the week of the 17th um or maybe they do it like friday the 6th that's like, the only other date that makes sense to me. I, I like don't. Do they, do they speed up down the highway now and cut off Xbox? Like, my guess is it depends when like Spider Man's good to go because mm-hmm. like I don't get me wrong, two extra weeks of polish can make a big difference for games. Yeah, and especially when it's like the launch of a new game. Having two more weeks to say that Spider Man on PS5 launches in pristine condition, they don't have to do a a day one patch and then a day fourteen patch like. To be able to say, hey, right out of the box, you can play our biggest games pretty great um, probably isn't the worst idea, because mm-hmm. uh, at least for me personally, like if I were deciding how to spend my money, the week's difference would probably not really make a difference as much as you want the new thing. You want the the, the new exciting games and all of that. Most of the big games that are supposed to come out in November are those second and third week of November. So like right. the PS5 coming out on November 6th assassin's creed valhalla then can't launch day and date um oh right you know uprest versions of or like being able to play cyberpunk you'd have to wait two weeks still like well even though launches on what day the The 17th that's that's what makes that week weird is cyberpunk is the 17th and then assassin's creed is the 19th this is the most like charlie day conspiracy board (laughs) yeah convo we've had in a while but yeah this is like 
that's what we're doing right now is just trying to pinpoint and throw a dart and see what date makes the most sense. Which is really interesting, though, because if if you buy. If you so that means that if if hypothetically the Xbox, both Xboxes for certain 99 percent of certainty will launch on the 10th. And if Sony undercuts that and launches, say, Friday the 6th, both of those are still a week or a week and a half, two weeks away from two of the bigger games this fall. And I imagine yeah. Call of Duty is going to fall somewhere in there, right? Uh, um, yeah, I forget what date that is. Let me look yeah. that up. But um, yeah, I, I guess the reason I was saying that versus something with like Xbox and them launching the week before those big games is more so the idea that like Xbox One doesn't, they're not interested in saying you have to buy the next gen console to play the best way. They are saying buy the Series S, buy the X, play it on PC, play it on an Xbox One, play it on an Xbox One X, just subscribe to Game Pass. So like for right. them, saying hey we'll have you in game pass the week before those big games is a good benefit for them that they were they're chasing versus i like playstation isn't chasing a service right now they're chasing getting you to buy the box yeah yeah and i think all of this is tremendously compounded this year by the fact that black friday which is and you know that whole weekend is the giant rush to retail historically and uh america is obviously at the you know the the top leading the charge on uh physically trampling people in malls and stores to get savings on black friday weekend but we're in a global pandemic and i'm really wondering what kind of impact it's going to have here because i don't really see people lining up for midnight launches the same way they used to i don't see people lining up um outside of best buy or like you know, shoving through crowds. Maybe you do. Maybe, I mean, there's obviously some people are taking this more seriously than other people, right? I, I um, did see some photos from Labor Day weekend that I didn't love. So yeah, yes, it's one yes. of those. But I agree with you. I think like on the whole, also just from like a corporate level, um, you'd probably want to avoid any lawsuits that could potentially happen. And I don't know what the jurisdiction of the sidewalk outside of Target is. Yeah, I mean, um, PS5 for, launch uh, deemed super spreader event is not a headline you want to read, you know, on IGN yeah. or anywhere else. Yeah, um, Herman doesn't really want that in the launch discussion window, I would guess. No, but no, no, no. Yeah, it, I mean, it is a really strange thing, by the way. I just looked it up. Call of Duty is November 13th. It's that Friday okay. after the Xbox launches. Interesting. So I guess Xbox is basically saying, like, get this. And then in the next week and a half, you're going to be inundated with brand new third party games, which I guess is a pretty smart, you know, yeah. it's actually very smart, because if you think about it, um, especially because it seems like the upgrade paths on a lot of these games, and we'll talk about that in a bit in a bit. Yeah, um, is kind of rocky at best. And some people, some companies are, you know, giving you basically the, the off ramp to the future and others aren't, um, you know, no strings attached. But I do think it's interesting that if Sony goes too late, you might get a bunch of people who buy the last gen versions of these games. And, you know, I guess it depends on how much sort of like crosstalk is happening between each of these SKUs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I was, as you were saying that, I pretty much talked myself out of the argument I just made. Uh, (laughs) Well, like I was thinking about it and the sixth actually makes a decent amount of sense, or at least that week, Um, Mm -hmm. not just to go before Xbox. Now that I'm thinking about it, I love debating myself. (laughs) Um, But it's just the, I would say PlayStation for PS5, like, yes, some games have been delayed, like Deathloop is not going to hit this year, but there are a decent number of indie and you know first party with astro's playroom being built in and spider-man and then um third party indie stuff like uh canon the bridge of spirits uh bug snacks uh why can't i remember the name the the annapurna game with the falcon that the pathless like there's a lot of indie games that are hitting sony that aren't hitting xbox at least in this launch window Mm -hmm. and so to give all those games breathing room uh you know two weeks before Call of Duty and Cyberpunk and uh, Assassins comes out maybe a good strategy to get people to buy those games who might not. That's true. Um, that is and true. so I like again, it's we're going to be proven right or wrong, hopefully within the next week. But it's one of those just like I could see arguments for and against all of these things. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think about I mean, if like Friday the 13th is a it's, you know, a, a cursed day. Yeah, uh, it influenced a dozen horror movies. But I mean, like coming a few days after Xbox, like, do you think I don't think they're super I honestly don't think they're super worried 
Um, maybe they should be. That's a different either. conversation. But I, exactly. I think that they're, they're coming off of so much momentum off this year and so much goodwill. And they they were market leaders by such a wide majority. I mean, we have to theorize that because we didn't get hardware networks from Xbox this generation. And I know yeah. for sure we won't as hell next generation unless they're the market leader, which exactly. I don't exactly see happening, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they're they're coming off of so many hits this year. Um, and they have so much goodwill and they're, they're also, you know, they're showing you Ratchet and Clank. They're showing you Demon Souls. They're showing you Spider-Man. They're going, this is what you're going to be hypothetically playing in the first three to six months of the console's life cycle. Um, I think they can afford to come in four or five days later, you know, yeah, maybe even a week later. Yeah. I think like for them, release date won't matter as much as what this, like the lineup is during that window. Like you were saying, Demon Souls doesn't have a release date. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a launch game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a January game. Like I could see mm-hmm. it coming day one or day 50, but I could see it coming pretty early too. And so it's like, they have a lot of really big heavy hitters for early on. I think the thing that's going to matter right now is price because someone yeah. is going to go on Amazon or go on target or go to a store and see that there is a new Xbox for 300. And I think the PlayStation five, like unless Sony's insane, I think, 500 is the price probably for the the main edition yeah um, yeah with i mean the, the, the yeah. sorry go ahead no no no. you go i was gonna say that that is where i'm like comfortably imagining it's gonna be it could hit 550 but i think at this point just hit 500 be the same as a competitor and have the discless version be 400 or 450 even but mm-hmm. like that said having a new generation console even if it's less powerful People are going to see, oh, a new Xbox, it's $200 cheaper than the PS5 or even $100 cheaper, and it plays most of the same games. If that's someone who's going to a store is deciding what to buy based like that, one, I'd like to live that like carefree and just wonderfully right. and, and just be like, I'm spending hundreds of dollars, but I don't know which until I go into the store. Um, <laughs> the undecided voters in 2020. Exactly. Yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where like, I think unless Sony massively drops the ball when it comes to the price point of the, uh, the main version, the discless version, I think they're going to have a pretty decent launch. Like I genuinely as great a value, um, offer as game passes and i see this being brought up as like why wouldn't you buy a series s and get game pass it's like well because then you don't get spider-man you don't get demon souls you don't get spider-man in marvel's avengers you don't get the call of duty dlc a month ahead of your friends on xbox or pc like there are a lot of reasons and we can talk about like whether or not they're friendly to the consumer base at large and we have but like uh, unless sony says hey this thing is 700 dollars," i don't see a, a, a way this goes poorly for them no matter what date they choose i don't know about well you. yeah no yeah i'm i'm totally with you um god i love these conversations uh so <laughs> a, a couple things here i think um all right just a, just a brain dump really quickly i think there's there's a lot here that when i first read that uh microsoft was doing that basically that program that will allow users to pay 25 dollars a month or 35 dollars a month and pay off their system over time that's something that we've been talking about on the show for over a year now in terms of offsetting next-gen pricing and i think it's yeah. really smart it's a pilot program that they initiated in the past um i think it's um uh useful in uh uh you know economic collapse recession that we're in right now uh, uh times of such uncertainty i think it's very important i think what else that they're doing with that is they're bundling in game pass or game pass ultimate which is good because it's you're paying for a service and ultimately getting a hard hardware at the end and doing the math on the pilot program they've done in the past you actually end up paying a little less than the system at retail over time which is different than when this you know america historically robs poor people when it comes to layaway and furniture and stuff like that you know there are people there are websites that will rent you a ps4 for what ends up being 800 dollars or a lamp you know for 300 instead of buying 100 outright because for a lot of people in this country there's a huge difference between paying for something in incremental purchases and paying for something with 600 bucks a month uh, some people don't have 600 dollars, but some people do have 25 dollars a month for you know, X number of months. Um, so I think that's important. I do hope Sony adopts something like that. Two, I think that the thing that not enough people are talking about here is that the $300 Xbox Series S, while uh, a great sort of like entry point to get on the ground floor of next gen, is um, severely handicapped in a couple of ways. One, being disc only 
means that it is automatically required to have some or disc less, right? Disc, yeah, disc less, yeah, uh, disc free, whatever that is. <laughs> um, it is required to have a fairly competent internet connection uh, in order to sustain the rigorous and insane downloads that are uh, uh, invariably coming with next gen. I mean, we, we, we looked at games towards the end of this gen, you know, the, the red deads and the call of duties and stuff like that started hitting hundred gigs pretty easily with DLC and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. Not and having, it's only a, sorry, yeah. go ahead. You know, I was no, going to no, just say, it's only a 512 gigabyte hard drive. Exactly. And so, exactly. yeah, that's half of the terabyte you're getting otherwise, yes. which so does make the, a difference with, as you were saying. Yeah. With the OS eating up a bunch of space and then you throw in a couple of like streaming apps and stuff like that, um, you're left for, you know, maybe three or four games on your hard drive at any given time. And it's also, if you're looking for value, those are games that you can never trade in again. And so I do think that there is an interesting proposition there because a lot of people in, in the world play a game, beat it and sell it back and get some money back. And that is a very important part of the economic um sort of pipeline when it comes to uh like the games industry like you can't just cut that off entirely and so i think that while a lot of people are saying that the series s at 300 dollars is undercutting the ps5 i think the series the series x s's biggest competition this fall specifically is the playstation 4 pro which they will probably knock down to 200 250 bucks or something like that and and bundle in a game or three two of the biggest yeah exactly yeah. it's With even it's just yeah i was just gonna say sorry we're like both very excited about it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, like it's great um no there's just the i was thinking about it this morning because like reading all the stuff i'm like oh yeah the series s for 300 you know like if i'm gonna buy an xbox within the next year i might go for that because i'm probably only going to play halo and maybe a couple game pass exclusives like on the whole i'm gonna stick to my playstation and my switch so maybe that's like a good purchasing opportunity for me as like a secondary console mm -hmm. but it, as a primary i totally agree with you i think there are those concerns for it and at least for me on the tech side i tweeted a little bit about this um so it doesn't run true 4k it runs 1440p um, but does do up to 120 frames per second. I wonder, because maybe it just comes down to like a very similar thing to PC settings and allowing the variability for it. I do wonder what that's going to mean, though, for development in the next couple of years mm -hmm. where studios have to think about the Switch, the PS4 <laughs> Pro and the Xbox One X, the Xbox Series S, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and then PC and now all these new NVIDIA cards that will allow for even further. It's just such a varying degree of um experiences and that's great that there is choice and like if your price point it like it benefits you but at a certain point of those lowest price points not really give you a, an experience worth buying and right. i i guess for me as someone like i i i don't know if i'm an outlier in this i know that we've always talked and i think most of us most of us on the show are always like gameplay and story trump like the perfect most beautiful running game ever made like we're mm -hmm. very much about the experience and so for me like i don't care if it runs 120 frames per second i know that both companies are telling that as a thing like i play games in 30 frames per second all the time and it's just fine so like i don't yeah. need to upgrade <clears throat> to buy like those things don't entice me as a player what entices me is the experiences and like you were saying if the console itself is hamstringing you from having those experiences with a limited hard drive or you know uh only being able to download there are these complications that get into play and i'm like do i is the series s worth the 300 dollars then totally totally and i'm with you and i've actually you know i've been on that same page for a very very long time and always will be i'll always be a gameplay is king kind of guy um and story is tremendously important as well of course um are graphics the most important no uh, i would say art direction is more important than than anything but um, you look at stuff like The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, which, I, you know, you and I both really love those games. Um, man, it helped that they were goddamn gorgeous. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it wasn't yeah. it didn't hurt. It's like, not especially a ghost, right? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, like that, that that did so much with so little in terms of like beautiful minimalism. Um, when you knew that under the hood, there was so much going on when you're walking through a field that could have looked half as good. And the gameplay still would have been rock solid. But it didn't hurt that it looked that great, you know. It so, definitely didn't hurt. Yeah, I don't want to pretend that it, like games looking pretty is a bad oh, thing. Yeah, I just yeah. mean like um, all of that being like the buzzwords to sell the Series S is like I, I want to see how games run on it in comparison to the Series X and the PS5. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. It definitely doesn't hurt, and it's also one of those things. Now that you bring it up, um, there was a Game Informer cover story for uh, Kenna, which actually is pronounced Kena, according uh, according to them. 
but uh, they were talking about, you know, no load times, no nothing. Ghost of Tsushima nailed that on the PS4 Pro. I hope Sucker Punch shares their like loading tech with right. other studios because it's so fast and so amazing. And that's on the Pro. Like, I can't yeah. see what they do on PS5. Yeah, totally. I, it's it's such an interesting time because I, I do think that people are going to they're going to want next gen consoles. Um, but at the same time, you know, Microsoft has quietly phased out all of the the other Xboxes, basically. Like, yeah, they're the they've one shipped those out. One. Yeah, that. that's exi- that's it. And so they will have. So I think that, like, if you're looking for a new Xbox, it makes sense to get the Series S because I feel like the Series X, like you're you're starting to bump your head against the ceiling of being like, do I just go all in and become a PC gamer? Because um, I don't think that like software wise, aside from Game Pass being a value, of course, they've, they haven't really done a great job of messaging why you need these things. Um, the Series S is the closest I've seen them come because they go, you need this because of the price. Like, yeah. and that's, that's a, that is a very, that's a damn good argument. Like it's a oh, really yeah. good price, you know, to undercut your, your biggest competitor and your, your own big brother by 200 bucks is, is a big, big deal, but games sell consoles and services help. And I think they're important and I love game pass. It's great. Um, it's had a really, really great year. Critically, a lot of stuff that I think would have been skipped went straight there. Um, and did really well. And a lot of stuff that I think would have been like straight to VHS went there too. Um, you know, the, and you know, people found their way of enjoying it, but games ultimately sell. And I think that they don't have a miles Morales right now. They don't have a, they don't have a Spider-Man. They don't even have a ratchet and clank. Like there's stuff coming obviously, but I think ultimately people are going to be looking at this fall and they're going to either tighten the belt a little bit, play what they have, which they have no shortage of because this gen is closing stronger than any gen ever has before hands down um or two they will look at uh one of you know a a, a a cheaper priced version of a current gen console and upgrade there like i i think if you have a ps4 like a launch ps4 you've had one for years and there's a bundle for a ps4 pro um and it seems like a better deal and they throw in some games or something like that then yeah that's a no-brainer and so i think that like and then on top of that, if you really want to go all out, you've got the PS5. And so I do think that Sony is going to dominate a lot. But like we said earlier, Black Friday is a weird one this year. So I think we're going to see maybe soften sales across the board for everything. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. Like, I don't doubt that both consoles will sell through most of, if not all of their launch, like allotment of consoles i think they will do okay but yeah it it does come down to who strikes with the most momentum when it comes to games does the game pass part of the equation on the xbox side become bigger and bigger because that's obviously what they're hoping for but Mm -hmm. if it doesn't bring in players like if it brings a dedicated player base that's great but if that player base doesn't expand as they go into this next generation that'll bring up some questions about the value of it for people it seems Um, right and again i do want to I just want to say it is a great deal. I am not questioning the value oh, of yeah. it whatsoever. I just mean in terms of like they need to be able to sell that to people and not just to say, well, you get 100 games because I do think people are choosier with games than say like shows on Netflix they will watch because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that can be a 12 hour uh, investment versus a 60 to 100 hour investment. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know if um if like a mass quantity of games has ever really been the selling point to gamers rather than like knowing that there's like these like really significant and really cherished individual pieces of, of, of narrative and story and gameplay and software. Um, For sure. And I think that's something that Sony's been really good on. The, the last factor obviously is um, uh, inventory. Um, and that's something that Sony specifically has sort of like, like I'm, you're, you're probably like me, you're starting to be a little nervous about, about that side of it too, which is like, even when we have the price, even when we have the release date, we've heard so far that there's going to be, you know, smaller numbers than maybe we had all hoped for this year. Um, and also there's that weird, that sort of weird cryptic sign up. And depending on how much you love PlayStation, maybe you'll <laughs> win a chance to like pre-order. Like that's the kind of stuff that gets me nervous. So if that that could play a factor, if you're dying for an action yeah. console and you straight up can't get a PlayStation Maybe you'll you'll buy an Xbox as a stopgap. I mean, I don't know how many people are that frivolous with money, but um, you know, there's probably some or enough. Like we're all yeah. we're, we're all going through retail therapy to you know fill the holes left in our social lives and family lives this year. So, if there's not a box on the way, do I really have anything <laughs> to look forward to? 
um but yeah it's 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 a joke that my girlfriend and i have been saying to each other um yeah. but yeah it's it, it is going to be very strange to see how that all plays into it and i totally think you're right i do think it'll be a great fall for the ps4 pro um yeah. especially once they put those bundles together and like we've been saying on the show, like it's it's not as if Sony's just going to immediately ignore the hundred plus million people who have PS4s. Uh, you know, obviously we've spent this last year leading up to the PS5, and they've spent the last couple of weeks leading up to the PS5. But yep. uh, it, it will matter in the long run. But this going into next year, the PS4 is still going to be a big deal. Gotham Knights is still coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, like the, the big games of next year are still going to come to current gen. You're going to get so, Call of Duties and Maddens for years to come. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, too, about um, like PS2 and PS3 did did tremendous numbers after their, you know, uh, collective generations ended and they had significant price drops and they hit this like this this tier that made it accessible to an entire bigger market than it ever been accessible to before. I mean, even the, even the Nintendo switch, when it was killing it, they were still porting, ga- putting games on 3ds and they're yeah. like, sorry, you guys keep buying this stupid little thing. And like, <laughs> we don't know what else to do. Um, yeah. So I, I remember yeah. there was like a big bunch of switch reveals and then it's like, and also Luigi's mansion is coming to the DS. Mm-hmm and it probably sold very well so yeah yeah and we were like get out of here bring it to switch yeah um god i wish they had but three was very fun um i'm sure i I did want yeah uh i i did want to ask though because you had sort of mentioned it like this is still a a very crazy fall for current gen releases and next gen stuff is there and like any games in particular just because um I, i feel like we're we're into it now like this past week avengers and tony hawk came out like are, are mm-hmm. there particular games but either this gen or next gen that you're particularly looking forward to because we haven't really done too much like look ahead for the fall and i was just curious uh i mean i'm i'm immeasurably excited for demon souls because i've never played it and that's going to feel like a brand new game for me and i feel like sort of like it's cheating because there are people that <laughs> you know played that game when it originally launched and getting to come in for the first time is super cool um because i imagine there's going to be some like slight quality of life tweaks there that i'll get to appreciate and they'll be like really you know diehard fans being like they changed the thing and i'll be like i didn't even notice i <laughs> no idea i'm sorry i'm really excited for that i'm ex- i'm really excited for whatever this new far cry game is eventually um watchdogs legion was like really fun to mess around in we'll see if that sticks to landing i'm like warming up to assassin's creed um We'll see. I'm wondering how much open world fatigue I'll have by them. And then Cyberpunk could be like it it could be a game I play for five hours and I go, all right, I got it. Or I play for a hundred hours. Like that could be a very slippery slope for me. So uh I'm interested to see where that one goes. Um but yeah, that and 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 Miles Morales is just like I'm I'm really, really, really excited. I'm I I, I just like you, I, I miss I miss New York, man. Like, I yeah. really miss it this year. I miss not being able to travel there. In a normal yeah. year, I'm there three or four times a year. I was there. The last time I even got on a plane was New York City in the end of December last year. And it's like, I, I miss New York in the winter. I miss New York around Christmas. Like, getting to visit that in a game is going to, it might make me choke up a little bit. And Yeah. You know? New York, New York in the winter was like when I was living on Long Island and thinking about like where to go to college and where to live after that and everything. It was like going to New York in winter is like the New York that you see in movies and TV if you've never been and like you picture this wonderful, amazing city. And it's like that's that's New York in the winter when there's just that right amount of snow yeah. and all of the stores are done up and every like it's cold, but not February minus five degrees cold there it's like there's just this wonderful new york in in winter and yeah i'm totally with you like that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun experience as a spider-man game but also just as like oh that's the home that i miss yeah yeah i mean this is what we're doing this year is like we are you know sort of uh living vicariously through the adventures of our video game counterparts because we can't physically go to these places you know um with while still feeling safe and so I, uh, I'm just so excited for that. And it's also it, like Insomniac is awesome. They have such a great pedigree. I loved what they did with the last game. Um, yeah. I feel like that's going to be, to me, like, I think that that will be the most definitive next gen experience this fall. We'll be sitting down in front of a PS5 and playing Spider-Man Miles Morales with, you know, all the things running under the hood and all the, all the super cool features that they'll no doubt put in there. And just watching that run on like a big, beautiful TV, you know, like... It, during the end of a absolute garbage year <laughs> like <laughs> damn man like i'm so yeah. excited for that i think that's going to be so special 
Um, and I, I think it's like, to me, that's going to, it's going to really signify, it's just going to mean a lot to me because I've, I've been a Spider-Man fan since I was a kid. I've always, you know, I grew up like around New York city. I lived in New York city for several years. Like it's, it's going to be really special. And so that's, that's probably my most anticipated game this, this fall. Even if it's only like, I keep reading people being like, oh, you know, it's a, it's like eight hours or 10 hours. And I'm like, yeah, if that's what the story is, but you, yeah. you guys are like seriously undermining how many hours I'm going to spend just going <laughs> flying around yep. that city. Like, collecting yeah. backpacks and stickers and garbage like it was my second most played game of 2018 i remember getting the sony results and it was like yeah you've played 80 hours and it's like it came out in september and so the only game that beat it was god of war because i had played yeah. through it like three times but it was it, yeah you can just lose yourself in that game and whether it's you know going after the side quest that'll be in there or just going block by block and seeing what little cool easter eggs they put in there it's just going to be a fun world to be in and like mm -hmm. There, there are so many big games this fall, like Cyberpunk, AC, Watch Dogs, like all of them could take me over 100 hours to play if I play all of them. I'm OK with an open world that will take me 12 to 15, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same, same. Um, and I also yeah. I also know that like no disrespect to every other open world game coming out this year, but none of them are going to be as fun to traverse as Spider-Man Miles Morales. They're not. I'm sorry. Yeah, like. They, they just like, again, no disrespect. Cyberpunk looks awesome. Assassin's Creed looks awesome. Watch Dogs. I played it. Like you can fly on drones and stuff like that. You can't, you can't whip around the city on webs yep. and climb the Empire State Building and dive bomb and kick a dude in the head. You just can't. Like, <laughs> it's game kicks ass. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. I, and I'm really, I wonder a funny thing, cause I've been thinking about it playing Avengers. Um, someone had written a post recently about how, uh, I think it was on IO9 maybe, but they were writing about how oh, wow, the Avengers kind of kill a lot of people in this game. And they were like, oh, in, Sp in Spider-Man, you know, he webs them up to make sure they don't fall. And I'm like, yeah, but he also swings a manhole cover into their face. <laughs> they died. They're not okay. Um, you can throw just, a car at a guy. Yeah. You're and like then <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I do wonder just because like, I love the idea that Miles is newer at this and he's still getting used to it like i wonder if he will like sloppily web people up or like not know how to properly like web them up oh, and if they're God, on the first story, so funny. Like, fall and be like oh my leg or i don't know why i'm holding my i mean i remember like, just yeah i remember growing up in the tri-state area in the 80s you would hear people be like hey you know what uh, if you uh if you flip the penny off of the empire state building uh, you could kill a guy with it and it's like yep. oh yeah what if a teenager with superpowers <laughs> dive kicked you in the head from up there like you're not living yeah, be they, they all kill fine. people <laughs> yeah it's it's just the reality batman and all the arkham games all of those people are dead <laughs> oh yeah you like you 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 break a guy's nose like you can see his skeletal frame and then he flies off a roof like he didn't live it's not yeah, happening yeah. um but yeah i i can't wait for that one yeah it's just so it's so crazy and like we were saying you know even if you just have a ps4 uh this fall you can play tony hawk and avengers right now uh star wars squadrons and crash 4 come out the same day in october all the big open world games are coming to like current gen consoles it's such a busy crazy fall with the console launches on top of it um yeah that it is like as you were saying especially with spider-man at the end but it's like it's this nice cap to such a catastrophic year to have this much still to look forward to on the game side right right and i like i mean i think it's it's People will debate this, and I don't want to come off as a fanboy because this is a PlayStation show. But I, I do think that ultimately, software-wise, uh, Sony had the better generation, this generation, right? And sure. I think that's that's you, you. You can go, you know, uh, blow for blow with with as much as many games as you want per genre and stuff like that. I think it, like this was a generation where Sony had all of its first parties, second parties, and even third parties firing on all cylinders, making great content for the platform and i think that when you start seeing the next gen upgrade versions of those trickle out um that's a really good sort of like ammo belt to roll in with because like it's been a few years since i've played god of war but if there's a god of war ps5 upgrade with some bells and whistles and that upgrade path is deemed as like free or significantly cheap i know that's the thing yeah. no one's really figured out the right way to do that well you know uh cd project red has <laughs> i'll say yes, that yeah, yeah um for sure credit to them um because they, they just announced the other day that the witcher upgrade will be free on, on ps5 and, and xbox if you own the game already uh other companies are trying to make a little more money off you than that um such as activision remedy and stuff like that 
Um, yeah, that, that's there's so many weird situations. And I did want to ask you about that, because like, obviously, we want them all to be free upgrades. It makes sense. I also understand they're trying to make money at the end of the day. And so if they can, I, I think probably like free is the best ideal, the like cross-gen bundle or like a small pay 10 more dollars and you get the free upgrade or the upgrade is not free at that point is are the best solutions. But the, hey, you have to just buy the game outright again, really sucks. That's the worst solution. That is yeah. the worst solution for sure. Um, and I think it's like, that's that's really interesting. There was no... Um, there should have really been like a, you know, like an, an offsite conference type of thing where everybody socially different distancing and they all figured out a strategy here. Cause I do think that there are these micro games of chicken happening all over the industry right now with next gen, because people are going like, is this, is this a whole new generation or is this like a minor upgrade over the last, how much work are we putting into this port? How big is our studio? Can we afford it? Like, I think yeah. that's a factor that a lot of people aren't really considering. Like. When a, when a company that says it costs $10 to upgrade to the next-gen version or it costs $60 to upgrade to the next-gen version, you have to buy it outright. Are they saying that because they have to say that financially to stay alive? Are they saying that because they know they can get that money off of people? Like the Call of Duty like the Call of Duty thing, they know they can get that money, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Remedy is That's a smaller true. studio, so maybe they have different margins to work with. Well, um, I also wonder if that was a publisher call too. Um, right. Right. Like, who knows it there? Because the messaging did come from like joint remedy in 505. And so who knows there? And, and like, as a fan of control, I think that sucks because I, I want more people to be able to play that game. And so it would be way easier if they could have the cheaper version and just get a free upgrade next gen. Me but, too. And they went from being sort of a critical darling of a game to having some significant backlash from fans and all over the industry as well. And so um, that wasn't the right call. Uh, that's yeah. definitely the wrong way to do it, you know, like, yeah, but as you were saying, like <laughs> NBA 2k is going to be $10 more on next gen and people were, you know, annoyed, but people are probably still going to buy it and they could get away with it in a way that probably a smaller dev couldn't by just saying, right. Hey, it's going to have to be 10 more dollars, even if, if it justifies and is needed. Cause you know, games have been at $60 for so long there's plenty of argument to make that they could go 10 more dollars to help with costs and everything. But yeah, it's like NBA could get away with that. I don't know if a smaller dev could have. And so we're well, in that, this weird, as you were saying, there's no consistency. No, that, that's why they, I mean, that's a conversation they could have had at my, you know, hypothetical company retreat where they go, <laughs> okay, all games are now 70 bucks. No bullshit. Like this is what it is. Um, but they didn't. And so games are still 60 except for when they're not and upgrades are free except for when they're not. And like that's going to get kind of sketchy and we haven't really we've gotten some vague quotes from sony but um a thing i always want to point out is that, that there were uh like 70 percent of the people who bought the last of us on ps4 hadn't bought it on ps3 i've said that to that so many times in the show because i think it's worth repeating there sure. is always with a new generation a massive portion of the audience that it's their first time dipping into that ecosystem um, and they haven't played those games. And I think that coming into next gen with a bunch of great first party stuff um, and a bunch of, you know, you got your demon souls, rational clinic, miles Morales horizon, uh, you know, on the horizon. Uh, but then also going, Hey, here's like beefed up versions of God of war, the original horizon, death stranding, uh, ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, like all of that is going to move the needle as well. And I think yeah. you're going to get a lot of people moving over there. Whereas if you look at Xbox, like they had to take their flagship title for this fall and delay it indefinitely until some point next year. And so, you know, I think they hinged a lot of marketing and a lot of planning around that. We're seeing it's like uh, monster energy drinks roll out <laughs> with like DLC yeah. skins for Halo for a game that doesn't have a release date. Uh, in the same way we're seeing Wonder Woman 1984 toys on shelves. Um, everyone is enjoying those things in the alternate dimension 2020 where <laughs> things are normal, Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, definitely a lot of factors to consider there. I, I do think that, that that PlayStation software lineup is going to ultimately be the thing that twists people's arms the most into going towards whichever system next gen. No, yeah, I totally agree. And I do think that's definitely a thing we'll probably be talking about on the show a lot, like a year from now will be mm -hmm. that th that year two lull when maybe the the big first party games have all come out that were announced and we're waiting on the new batch. And so, yeah, 
if you have God of War, here's a free PS5 upgrade. Otherwise, buy the God of War PS5 edition and you get X, Y, and Z with it. And Ghost is a good example also that they could be doing. And Spider-Man and all those games that you listed, like that will really help flesh things out. And as you were saying, that Last of Us number, I agree with you. Like it really does hold true. That game sold so well on PS4 um, that many people do think of it as a PS4 game, not a PS3 game. Uh, and so I, I think Sony is like well positioned to even kind of like with Nintendo when it came to the Switch. It's like, well, in quiet months, they were able to put out Wii U ports because no one played those games. So they're, they were uh, they're, a lot of people. Biggest game this fall is uh, at least best selling or will be best selling game this fall is the Super Mario 3D collection, yep. which is like a series of, of games from multiple, multiple generations ago. One of them literally like the first 3D platformer <laughs> and um, marginal improvements. And it's if you go on Amazon, it's the second best selling game of 2020 behind Animal yep. Crossing. And so yeah. there's people will buy old games, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a strategy that's proven to work. And so I, I feel like that's going to definitely be a big part of at least like that second wave of next gen exclusives. And like, I will take a prettier replay of God of War. I will not say no to like, that's great. I will happily do that. Yeah, but, me too. Um, one of the things I did want to ask you about really quickly yeah. uh, was we now know that two out of four of the different models of next-gen systems, the Series S and the discless PS5, <laughs> are digital only. Um, we saw We're seeing a retail apocalypse happen even before the pandemic hit, but specifically video game stores, GameStop, bleeding profits, Reggie fils went in there to, you know, help clean up shop and then <laughs> 2020 happened. Um, yeah. What do you think this means for video game retail stores going forward, independent game shops? Like I, they have to be sweating a little bit. They have to start being worried that there's a potential future where, you know, half of the next gen consoles sold don't require you to ever go into a video game store again unless you need a controller. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you kind of spoke to it earlier, but I do think the... uh it, it hastens their decay, their like eventual closing down because it is that sort of thing of, uh, especially if more like Game Pass subscriptions and PS Plus or PS Now becomes bigger, like then that just erases the need for any sort of storefront when it comes to either like an online retailer or physical. But yeah, with these two models specifically, it's, you know, you, you mentioned it, people still don't have great internet everywhere. Like gigabit internet is not that widespread in the U S let alone all around the world. And so I think there will for a pretty decent chunk, if not the entire next generation be a need for physical games. Like that definitely won't go away this gen, but I do think that hastens it because it is, Oh, well, if that's the cheaper model, I'll buy that. And then why would you want to buy discs in the future? Cause it is that Mm -hmm. hassle. And like, at least for me, I have not gone to a games dedicated store since i think i bought a wii u in new york because i couldn't find any online and wanted the zelda wind waker edition um like if i go buy a game in a physical form i go on amazon or i go to target or to like a big retail seller like that i don't go to gamestop even though there's you know three within driving distance or at least there was before they had a lot of closures but like there there was just never a need to only go to a game store anymore yeah um yeah and so yeah for me, I, I do think it we're going to see them start to shutter, unfortunately. And that sucks for the smaller retailers, like the, you know, as you were saying, the independent retailers, because that is their what they thrive on. And the, the, there is a community that forms around those shops and perhaps could keep them in business, I think, to a certain extent for longer than they may be able to if they were just trying to survive on their own. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate it sucks because i did enjoy as a kid you know going into toys r us or going to gamestop and seeing all the new games on the shelf but now i just turn on my psn and i see what the new games are for the week right Um, right i mean there was what about you yeah we started this year looking at um sort of the conceptual uh reimaginings of what a a newly revised slew of, of, of gamestop stores could be like in america and they were essentially um hangout places they were They were designed around communities and uh, sort of like uh, game tournaments and like coming in and sitting on couches and grabbing a game off the shelf and paying a couple months uh, bucks to, you know, um, hang out and play games for a few hours, buy snacks. Um, That is 
the last thing most people want to do now. And so I <laughs> yeah. think that they, they hedged a major bet uh, justifiably on, on the next gen consoles being the Hail Mary. But if, if one of the biggest ways to get a PlayStation five is directly through Sony GameStop's cut out of all that. If people yeah. are buying digital versions of these consoles, GameStop's cut out of all of that outside of the initial thing, which I don't know if what their margins are on that, right? Like, I don't really know how much money brick and mortar stores make selling hardware versus yeah. software and controllers and stuff like that. Um, and so that's, that's, a, that's a major issue there. I will say that um, in, in my travels, at least making fast travel, the, the travel show that I used to host back when, people traveled um i got i luckily uh and uh, like purposely visited a ton of independent game stores stuff like pink gorilla in seattle which um uh is is doing great uh but they they all have a very like interesting model which is a good mix of retro games and then getting new releases and the new releases sort of get people in the door so they can go hey you can buy ghost of tsushima here um but it also, while you're there, you go, oh, you guys have, you guys sell PS2 games? You sell PS2s? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll buy one of those too. Um, and so people sort of fall down this like, you know, rabbit hole of nostalgia, and that's important. And so I do hope that um, those types of stories find find their way and, and can, can yeah. stay afloat, you know? Yeah, like you were saying, it totally plays, playing off nostalgia, I think is going to be the way to go, because as you were saying, GameStop made that bet and then literally the idea with of gathering with people for most people is a horrible idea. And yeah. so like, you know, weeks after they announced those plans and it is even after, you know, everything's back to some sense of normalcy, we have a vaccine, all those things, you know, in this theoretical nice future that we live in where we have our PS5s. I'm not going to want to go to a store to go play games with my friends. I'm going to just have three or four people I know are 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 well and not you know susceptible to anything have them over to my apartment and play with them there because yeah you yeah, know totally physical like physical gatherings in open spaces is just not going to be a thing i i want to do in the near future and i you know it does bring the question up of like the esports and competitive side of gaming and that's a, a lot of places we're building arenas right before all this collapse and will people want to go watch that when they can maybe just watch the streams online um it's yeah I was actually having a conversation with my with my wife before about this. I was like, I don't know if we'll ever like go to video game conventions again. I mean, you can I, you can just straight up cancel all the ones in 2021 right now. Like that's that seems yeah. like a safe bet. Um, but I, I, I just really can't see a, a reason where 50,000 people will convene in a single shared space in the next few years. And so I think that this is the the weirdness of this year about uh, rolling events and games of chicken with release dates and prices and stuff like that and weird messaging and like 3 a.m info drops on, on labor day weekend <laughs> i think that's going to be the new normal for a very long time um i don't yeah. really see like a big e3 event happening anytime soon or even a pax or anything like that so yeah strap yeah. in <laughs> well, I and I, I did want to ask, you know, just as like a sort of wrap up thing, if if we're looking at that as our foreseeable future, do, do you like it? Do you like this like always consistent, whether they're small things, whether they're unexpected shadow drops, like Nintendo strategy has been on a, you know, random Thursday morning, here's an announcement um, right. or an event when we're least expecting it. Do, do you like this sort of almost continuous on the edge of a possible exciting announcement thing? Or do you think that runs us like, raw with just always hoping there's going to be a new big thing announced well i feel like it was sort of a trajectory that the industry was heading in to begin with um even before covid19 many companies were splitting off from e3 and doing their own thing right and there were companies like rockstar and blizzard that never really even bothered with it or haven't in a very very long time and so i think we were heading there um so i am sort of okay with it i also don't help run news for IGN. So <laughs> like things are a little, you, you probably get Fair. messages in the middle of the night that I don't get. Uh, uh, so um, selfishly, like it is kind of nice to get little Christmases all year. Um, but I yeah. do miss, I, I do, I, I do worry in the long term, and this is sort of psychological, but I do worry in the long term that we are uh, sort of an inherently uh, reclusive species as gamers. 
and moving us away from community and communal events um, is dangerous. I do think there was something to esports and tournaments. I do think there was something to going to PAX and walking the show floor and playing a bunch of indie games. I'm playing a uh, like I'm playing a game right now called Struggling. Um, it's on Switch and PC. I really hope it comes mm-hmm. to PlayStation. Uh, it's it's a co-op game. It's super fun. I bought it without even reading reviews for it because I played it at a PAX last year and I loved it. And yeah. um, that's a that's a big thing. Like I think that's a really good way of getting of getting stories out there and meeting fans, meeting like, you know, like that's so important. Meeting, meeting people who, uh, who care about, about the same thing that you like. Um, Cause right now we're all just sort of, we have all the same clothes and, sh- and shoes and <laughs> friends and canned goods that we had in March. And we have to hold on to them until they're gone. And it's hard to get a bunch of new ones. Um, yeah. And so I'm I've had a lot of chickpeas yeah. in this. Uh, <laughs> Because I know they'll be safe if we ever run out. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's you're totally you right, and I do save, hope you got to save the pop tarts and stuff for when we're in the bunkers. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, the the non <laughs> sweets. Yeah, um, yeah, it is that weird thing of I totally do hope. Like, if I didn't have to go to another E3 again ever, I would be sad because there is that thrill of it, and it just turned into all digital events. Like, I I think I would get over that. I think I would be more bummed if there's never a PAX again because events like that that are slightly smaller and I think there's a way they can continue and even proliferate like in post-COVID times but like the the events that are really around the excitement of the the players and of the creators coming to show off their stuff and it is you know big and small creators get elevated to the same heights a lot of the time like the the biggest stories at PAX are often one of the coolest indie games right Um, right I, I hope that is where we go me too. Me too. And I hope yeah. there's a way to deliver that <clears throat> message. I mean, it's like, and this is kind of dark, but like, you know, you know, when, what your last day of high school was roughly, but you don't know the last time you hung out with all of your high school friends together, because that's just one of those things that just like one day it doesn't happen again, but you don't plan for it. Usually, you know, it's sort of like, we, we know the last time there was a real E3, um, but we didn't know that that would be the last time we'd ever have E3. And so like, (laughs) like it's one of the, it's, it's kind of dark. Like I'm thinking about it now. Like I worked uh, New York comic con last year and I loved it because I love conventions of that size. And like I said before, I love New York, but I wasn't walking around going, here it is the last convention I'll ever go to. Cause I had no idea how, how shit would go down. So, um, I hope, I do hope things get back to normal someday. The last convention I was at was at PAX West last year and I had to leave early because I was sick. I got sick like toward the end of it. And so my last convention is like leaving while feeling terrible stomach pains. And it's like, that's how I left conventions. Yeah. <laughs> In that yeah, it's weird. world. And it's like, it's weird. I'd man. like to go back to one someday, but yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. It's, it's a strange time. Like there is so much to look forward to, but it's one of those things of we'll be looking forward to it while staring into this camera for a little bit. And yeah, I mean, for yeah. transparency, we like <clears throat> IGN, we're not going back to our offices until early next year year at the earliest and um yeah i mean it's like i'm i'm you know i'm when was when was the last time we all did a show together was we didn't know that was our last show there's that picture of us eating pizza and playing bloodborne about to embark on a new series like things are i think that's one of the last shoots we did like that was like it was either the last or like the second to last that was like so close to that yeah well, you know, like that's a good sort of like black mirror memory to put in my brain before. <laughs> like, if I'm like, and that's the last one, like, you know, and we all sort of died in that room eating pizza, playing Bloodborne with some of my best friends, I'm okay with it. Like, I, I'll take it. But I do yeah. hope that I hope we yeah, go back to normal someday. Me too. I, I hope to be able to continue playing Bloodborne someday. Also. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that'll pretty much wrap us up for this week. Uh, for those who are, you know, thank you for listening. If you've listened all the way through and you're wondering, like, where's all the PlayStation news? Probably it got announced after we recorded. Um, yeah. We do, obviously, with the, I, I will say, for those who are listening, with the Xbox news announcement this week, we are prepped if breaking PlayStation news happens in retaliation at 2 a.m. on a Thursday. We'll make sure to cover it in our, you know, when we're awake and working. Um, we definitely want to make sure we're there for when that happens. But until then... There's just a lot of games to play and a lot of games to look forward to. So we'll be covering that stuff uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll have, you know, even if we're not on the show reviewing those games necessarily, we'll try to bring on as many of those reviewers as possible. Uh, Let us know 
what games you're most looking forward to. We'll make sure we'll be able to talk about those games on the show. Please write into beyond at IGN.com. Uh, if you're wondering why we haven't done a top 10 in a couple of weeks, it's because I wanted to save the like uh, the group top 10s for when the four of us, Max, uh, Lucy, Brian, and me are all together since we're sharing them with one another. So mm-hmm. when the four of us together, we'll do another of those. But So um, we can tell each other yeah. how wrong we are. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Just so everyone can ma- make fun of me for all the <laughs> Um But no, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this. Brian, is there anything you want to plug before we uh, we say goodbye? No, sorry we got bleak at the end, but Jonathan and I are both like some, mo- some moody nerds. <laughs> yeah, that's just I, yeah. I woke up real grumpy this morning. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's been hot all weekend in San Francisco and we don't have yeah. air conditioning here and it's smoky and ashy and. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. 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 I miss people, man. But yeah. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad. I'm you glad do. we're excited about video games. It's all things considered, like been an amazing year for video games, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's been a bad year for so much else. But um, yeah, no, thank. I just want to say, I guess, thank you to everybody that's stuck with us, who's listening, um, who writes in, who leaves nice comments or even mean comments. Um, yeah, we're 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 lucky to be here and we're happy to have you. Yeah. And as Brian was saying, it's been such an exciting year and these net last four months will be just as if not more exciting with everything coming out. So we'll be uh, talking about all that stuff in the weeks and months to come. But otherwise, Brian, thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Thank you, Jonathan. I love working with you, man. You too, man. Uh, thank you to Red, our producer, behind the scenes, making all this magic happen. Red, if you put in any Astrobots this week, I didn't see them, so I look forward to watching this after. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, thank you to everyone watching and listening this episode. Uh, as Brian said, it, it means the world to us. Thank you for sticking with us and for being around during this strange, weird year that we're having and an exciting one in the world of games, uh, especially with the months to come. So as always, beyond. Beyond. <laughs>